Hello and welcome into another episode on the Labumba Pastors blog. I'm Masumba Jonathan. Today's lesson is entitled Acts 13, The Laying on of Hands. Our text to begin is Acts chapter 13, verse number 3, which says this. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. I grew up in a conservative Baptist church in an area dominated by Scandinavians. The culture wasn't particularly into physical touch or readily willing to display affection. So, though the laying on of hands is described as a foundational principle in Scripture, I remember older people in my church seeming disturbed when anyone wanted to actually place their hands on someone else to pray over them. In our previous study in Acts, we looked at the purpose of fasting in Scripture. We derived those principles not from direct statements on fasting, of which the Bible does not give us, but rather on the examples of fasting in Scripture. We must do the same to understand the significance of why we lay hands on people and what it means. First, you might ask me why I said laying on hands is a foundational principle in the gospel. Well, we get that information from the book of Hebrews. When rebuking the recipients of his letter for not having grown to maturity in the Christian faith, the writer makes this statement about laying on hands being an elementary principle. In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, we read, Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. So the writer's not saying that, that those foundational principles are lost or left behind, but he's exhorting these people in, in the context here is that those things are basic things that they should have understood and grown beyond, but they hadn't at this point in their, in their Christian life. So it's interesting then to see that though the Bible describes laying on hands as one of the first things we learn in the gospel, as it being a foundational truth, it's not really something practiced widely by every church, although there are some churches that practice it, and then there are some churches that abuse it in its practice. So we're going to look at some things today from Scripture which tell us about the significance of laying our hands on someone. The Bible gives us many examples which give us meanings we can infer to the practice of what it's about. For example, when Jesus healed people, he would often lay his hands on them. In Luke chapter 4 verse 40, we read, Now when the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. The apostles also did this at times when praying for people to be healed. In Acts 28 verse 8, we read, It happened that the father of Publius lay sick with fever and dysentery. And Paul visited him and prayed, and putting his hands on him, healed him. When Jesus blessed the little children, the Bible tells us that he laid his hands on them. In Mark chapter 10 verse 16, we read, and he took them in his arms and blessed them, laying his hands on them. 
There are examples in the Old Testament of people also giving blessing in this way. In Genesis chapter 48, from verse 14 to 16, we read this about when Jacob was blessing his grandsons, the sons of Joseph. It says, And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on the head of Ephraim, who was the younger, and his left hand on the head of Manasseh, crossing his hands, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, The God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who has been my shepherd all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the boys, and in them let my name be carried on, in the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. From these things we can understand laying on hands signifies a distribution to the one being prayed for by the one praying and laying on their hands. In the Old Testament sacrificial system, we are given these examples which help us understand another symbol in the laying on of hands. In Leviticus chapter 8, I'm going to read verse 14, then verse 18, then verse 22. It says, Then he brought the bull of the sin offering, and Aaron, Aaron was the high priest, and his sons laid their hands on the head of the bull of the sin offering. Then he presented the ram of the burnt offering, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the ram. Then he presented the other ram, the ram of ordination, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on the head of the ram. In Leviticus chapter 16, verse 21 and 22, we read this, And Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat, and confess over it all the iniquities of the people of Israel, and all their transgressions, all their sins. And he shall put them on the head of the goat, and send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a man who is in readiness. The goat shall bear all their iniquities on itself to a remote area, and he shall let the goat go free in the wilderness. We see here that laying on of hands had to do with open admission of our guilt before God and the transfer of our sins to the offering God had commanded us to make. We can then understand the symbolism of this being ultimately fulfilled in Christ, the Lamb of God that God prepared to take away the sin of the whole world. This is what God told us would be done by Christ. In Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5, and then verse 11, it mentions, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds... We are healed. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Second Corinthians 5 explains further this divine transfer of our sin to Christ. In verse 21 we read, For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So the laying on of hands in this sense represented we, the guilty party, acknowledging our sins to God 
and placing them on the Lamb of God. There was a transfer here. There was a Jesus taking on our guilt. In Passover, this was further illustrated by the Israelites consuming the flesh of the Lamb. In Exodus chapter 12, from verse 8 to 10, we read, They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire, with unleavened bread and bitter herbs they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw or boiled in water, but roasted, its head with its legs and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. Jesus explained how this symbolism pointed to him in John chapter 6, verses 53 and 54. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. You see, Jesus was the Passover lamb. When he speaks of partaking of his flesh and blood, it was the fulfillment of the Israelites had to eat the Passover lamb, and that symbolized this transfer. And in the same way, our faith in Christ symbolizes this transfer of us partaking of his, his flesh and blood in him giving us his righteousness and receiving the punishment for our sins. Finally, we see from examples of scripture that laying on of hands also symbolizes dedication, affirmation, and unity of commitment to what and who we are praying for. Our scripture today from Acts 13 gives us such an example. After the believers learned from the Holy Spirit that they were to set aside Paul and Barnabas, they fasted, prayed, and laid their hands on them, dedicating them to the work and uniting with them in the work. Here are a couple other examples the New Testament gives of laying on of hands. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, it says, Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy, when the council of elders laid their hands on you. In 1 Timothy 5, verse 22, we're given this instruction. It says, Do not be hasty in the laying on of hands, nor take part in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. We see that laying on of hands was not to be done lightly because of the identification and commitment to something it entailed. The apostles laid hands on the first deacons after there was a search for men who proved worthy, to, uh, worthy of that office by God's guidelines. In Acts chapter 6, from verse 3 to 6, we read, Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. I have personally witnessed some occasions where people unsuited to something were nevertheless confirmed in it by the laying on of hands. Then not long after, they disqualified themselves from the office by their poor behavior. And that's where we're given this instruction not to do this hastily. 
We can also see that laying on of hands is an action of faith, trusting God to do what we are committed, committing to him. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21, we read that Jacob was doing, when he blessed Ephraim and Manasseh, he did so by faith. It says, by faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. There is a greater significance to identifying ourselves with a work when we lay hands on someone in prayer. We are affirming we've entered into the work together. Scripture tells us in Galatians 6, 2, that we are to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. It becomes harder to distance ourselves from the needs and work of our brethren when we have committed ourselves together in this way. We should not do it hastily, as God says, but thoughtfully and by faith. It should not be a strange thing to us, but rather a foundational principle in the doctrines of our faith. God bless you all.